Hi, I'm Big Nkrumah. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. And we are your Game of Friends. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. We're doing we're we're short and sweet because we have a wonderful episode that we yeah. want to share with you. I am so excited about our guest today. She was great. It was a great interview. I'm gonna let you introduce her because it's, it's, it's you know it's great. fair enough, fair enough. I have been binging this YouTube content creator for uh many months, I would say. I found her earlier in the year, and I just find that her City Skylines content is the best on YouTube and has really gotten me back into the game in a in a big and serious way. Without expounding any further, we have few from the YouTube channel Few Candy here today, and I'm just thrilled. Let's get into it. I am so excited about this. Welcome, please, few, few C to Gamer Friends. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on, Gamer Friends. You're so welcome. Before we get going in earnest, I just have to say, Cedric watched me binge all <laughs> of your content <laughs> over the last few months. I don't yeah. think I even found you particularly late. Like maybe 10 or 15 episodes into Oridin. Yeah. But it just so quickly became my favorite thing. And in many ways, really brought me back to playing City Skylines. I've always been like watching and kind of on the periphery of the community, but I'm playing again in large part because of you and your inspiration. And so I'm just so excited to have you here as a fan. Oh, wow. That's. <laughs> It's really flattering to hear. I know a lot, a lot of people say that they've binged my content. And I still find it hard to believe I'm a content creator. But well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I'm glad it's your favorite. That's very exciting to hear. <laughs> that's very exciting to hear. So I actually think that that's a good segue for where we should start. This is being released on the anniversary of you becoming a content creator on YouTube. Uh, So first of all, (laughs) congratulations. Yeah, one year is... Especially, I feel like YouTube content is like 10 times harder than podcasting. (laughs) You know, because you have like a whole visual element that is just like harder to deal with. So kudos for one year. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's been a massive, massive learning curve. Like if, if I go back and watch my first episode, it's complete cringe factor to me now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? But yeah, I did. I made I made so many mistakes back at the beginning. That first episode, I used the same music for every single time lapse. So like after recording one episode of Oridan, I could no longer stand the theme music. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's done, so done for funny. me from that point. I heard it about a thousand times in probably the 15 or 20 hours it took me to edit a 40-minute video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's been a massive, massive learning curve. So how did it get started? I know loosely the story of this, but I would love to hear you articulate it for our listeners. Of course, of course. So for quite a long time, I've been obviously watching content on YouTube and particularly City Skylines. It's been my favourite game since I started playing it, basically, <laughs> six or seven years ago, a long time ago, and been watching a lot of content on YouTube. And I kind of, for a while, I'd been sitting there thinking, I'd love to just give it a go. And kind of, I'd always regret if I didn't, because I felt like I got mm. to a point, having played, we've got a few thousand hours <laughs> into the game, <laughs> played it a lot. I got to a point where I felt pretty confident in my abilities because I'm not one for like jumping headfirst into something that I feel like I'm rubbish at. <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. up for a challenge, but not that big a challenge, you know. <laughs> so I just thought I'd regret it if I didn't try it. And it's like there's nothing to lose with it either. If it doesn't go anywhere, I don't get any subscribers. I just stop and that's fine. No one will ever knew it existed, you know. <laughs> just fade <laughs> off into the distance. And like if it does well, then great. So I was like, yeah, nothing to lose. So I thought I'd give it a go. And yeah, I went live initially on Twitch because I thought that would be the easier thing to do. Like I'd always had in my mind, I really wanted to do YouTube. I liked the whole idea around editing a video. Never done it before, <laughs> but I had done some various music editing and things like that back in college. 
So I had a bit of background in kind of editing and I, I loved that kind of thing. So I was thinking I would like to put videos together, but I thought Twitch would be the easy option to start with because I could just sit there and stream, no mm. editing required, <laughs> you know, just play the game basically, <laughs> talk over it. I can do that. That was fine. So yeah, I eventually hit live on the 1st of December last year on Twitch. And so that was like my first venture into it. And it kind of all, <laughs> it kind of stormed from there, to be honest. So a guy called Eggsy, who's very well known in the City Skylines community, he's a map maker, has made mm-hmm. maps for pretty much all of the big YouTubers, I think now. But yeah, he's very well known in the community. He actually randomly popped into my second ever Twitch stream and it completely threw me off because obviously I knew his name. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you watching me? I've got like two viewers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it threw me off. But um, from that, I mean, he obviously, he liked what he saw and he was like a big champion in encouraging me to keep going. He kind of spouted out my Twitch stream all over the place, basically promoted it for me and got a load of more people to come in and watch it. And that kind of built my confidence really from there. And mm. yeah, a lot of encouragement from him. And I, yeah, started the YouTube channel. Yeah. Over three weeks later. <laughs> Were you building Oridin on that stream or did you start Oridin for the YouTube series? I started Oridin for the series. So on that stream, mm. I was actually doing, um, I was building on the Tampere map by Mr. Miyagi, which is very, very, very similar to Takatulu, the map that I've chosen for Oridin. So I was a little bit like, oh, should I start? on the same kind of map. So I, I changed it up a little bit and made it Boreal versus a European map, which is a very, mm. very subtle difference um, <laughs> in this game. But it was different enough that I felt confident with it. And I just loved that style of building. So yeah, I built mm. Oridan from fresh for YouTube. Yeah. So I will spare Cedric some of the questions that I want to ask you about your map selection process. Yeah. As- <laughs> no, we can get into it. I, I have As he knows, I this is the type of cities player that I was before you really inspired me to stick with it. I would search for days for a brand new map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I would settle on a map. I would start it and I would be dissatisfied with everything that I did. And Mm -hmm. then the process would start over again. And that's all I ever did. Every time. I think I started making just like, oh, are you going to stick with this one this time? (laughs) Like, yeah. Then like two days later, oh, I started something new on a different... I'm like, okay. Okay. I think I think we've all been guilty of that in the past. And I'll I tell you what, I think probably at least 50% of City Skylines players out there, probably more, are exactly the same as that. Just constant to a <laughs> And there's also the thrill of starting a new city, isn't it? Starting from a fresh on a fresh canvas. It's like it's quite yeah, it's quite an exciting moment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so we have heard over the past few episodes that Oridin is getting a little full, the prop count mm. is getting a little high. Yes. Have you <laughs> given much thought as to what kind of map you're going to do next? So yes, actually, yesterday I took a look around my new map, uh, which Ooh. has been built specifically for me. Oh, um, yeah. we're here first. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, by two very amazing, very, very, uh, very important people to me, shall we say. Eggsy's one of them, and Karina, um, who's a massive part of my community, have yeah, built me a, a special map to start the new city on. So I can, I can tell you it will be tropical. So it will be a completely, completely different vibe to Oridan. Um, but that's all I'll say for now. But I did get <laughs> my first little proper sneaky peek at um, the... I think it's finished now. I think I'm happy with it. So yeah, it's it's ready to go whenever Oridan decides that it's had its time. <laughs> yeah. That is so great. And in fact, Exy and Karina's most recent map on the workshop is, is something that I've been looking at because uh, when I loaded up my, my save after financial districts, um, <laughs> I'm on that big dam map, the Yangtze map. Yes. And the dam is, is breaking and keeps flooding and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I might, I might have to start over, but I'm going to try and salvage it later today. I'm going to try to fix it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the worst thing when a dam overflows. <laughs> you'll get there, though. If, you, if, if you're playing with mods and you've got move it, just lift it up a little bit. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh, that's a good idea. Thank you. Look at that. Look at <laughs> we, this. We, fi- we fixed it live on the podcast. <laughs> just like that. Just to Tech support with few. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. 
I affectionately call games like this Excel sheets come to life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have Planet Zoo and Jurassic oh, yes. Park Evolution and stuff like that. And I have tried City Skylines one time. And I think for me, it's just always so daunting to have like this giant empty space. And it's like, all right, put something in it. What does that process <laughs> look like for you when you're starting something new, like a new map? If I think back to Oradon, actually, I can think about my new map now as well. Like the first thing I do when I'm looking around the map, like literally the first thing I do is picture where I'd want my downtown. That's genuinely the first thing beyond anything else that I do. And how do I want that skyline to look? How do I want mm. this city to fit into this space? If I'm looking through different maps and trying to find a map, that's the first thing I'll think about. And if I can't find like that vision in my mind of what I'm looking for, then that map's gone and I'll move on and find the next Ooh, one. Wow. Okay. Okay. It is challenging. You've just got a massive open space and you've got to try and envision like what it's going to look like. Um, because I think it's helpful as well to see the bigger picture. So that's why I'd always go for the downtown first because it's mm. helpful to see that bigger picture and then you can build towards it and plan towards it and it gives better road hierarchy and things like that if you know what direction you're heading in. But yeah, I think I, I think the easiest way to get inspiration is Google Maps, honestly, like Google Earth. Mm. Just floating around that. I could do that for days on end. I mean, I do do it <laughs> for days on end trying to find inspiration for different builds but it is absolutely the most valuable source of inspiration you can find just one tiny tiny little neighborhood and that could be the start of your city and you can build it out from there i think that's one of the best ways to start a city is certainly taking some real life examples and then building it into your own preferably try to find a kind of area or a part of the world that fits the map theme that you're working on is obviously going to help with that mm -hmm. okay. so that's generally how that would start so are these types of creative endeavors, the planet zoos of the world, the roller coaster tycoons, et cetera, is that really where your passion is in terms of gaming generally? Or are you into other things as well? And if you are, I would love to hear what they are. Oh, yes. No, so, I mean, I've been into games for forever, <laughs> like, honestly, since I was tiny. I remember playing Sonic back on the, the Mega Drive when I was a kid. That's kind of my first real memory of, of gaming and spending hours and hours and hours and hours on that. <laughs> um, like when, I, when I started getting into PC games, it was all about The Sims. Um, so I mm -hmm. think I've always, and, and more the design side of The Sims, like even back into Sims 1, it was still like putting houses together, even as basic as it was back then. Um, it was always the design side of things. So I think those kind of design simulation games have always taken me. Um, I used to play Zoo Tycoon as well back in the day. Um, Roller Coaster Tycoon, all of those old school ones. And I've always, always kept a love for those type of sim games, definitely, um, through time. So I mean, now, City Skylines is obviously my number one game. I still, even though I'm creating content on it, I still absolutely love it and still play it for fun as well. Actually, I've got some random cities on the go behind the scenes when I just want a little chill out on cities and not have to worry about creating something for everyone and um, beyond <laughs> that I play I've played an awful lot of Planet Zoo recently <laughs> absolutely love it um, so I do love all that kind of genre of games Planet Coaster as well but beyond that right now actually my game of choice besides City Skylines is uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands <laughs> so completely <What>? different <laughs> I can tell you, right, if I go to if I go to my Steam now, okay, so Tom Tom Clancy isn't on there because that's obviously on Ubisoft, but if I go to Steam right now, my top games, most recent, are City Skylines, Planet Zoo, Formula One, 2021, Valheim, okay. and Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> So oh my goodness. That should tell you something about my gaming yeah, habits. I play I play everything. An eclectic. Yeah, just <laughs> all of the, the variety. That yeah. also jogged my memory. I completely forgot to make this connection because <laughs> when we were planning this, I'm the city skylines person. So Cedric was a little bit like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. But I, I'm remembering he is a big race car driver person. Oh, and we've you, got that in oh, yes. <laughs> Would you please describe what went into building that immaculate F1 course in Oradin, which I think, if I recall correctly, has had a huge impact on, like, your numbers and, and really was one of the first mega viral videos that you had? Oh, yeah, yeah. The only mega viral 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, hopefully so far anyway um yeah th- that that was crazy um so i mean f1 is a massive massive passion of mine it's i i haven't missed a race or a qualifying session in i, I don't know 13 years i think since 2009 i think was the oh. last time i um missed one i'm obsessed with it <laughs> literally um <laughs> and yeah i always wanted to put a formula one racetrack into Oregon. that was always in the plan literally right from the very beginning and i just hadn't worked out how to execute it and i i'd been planning that racetrack on and off for weeks probably months really actually before i eventually decided now was the time to do it um so it took an awful lot of planning and i think the biggest thing was picking a track <laughs> to use as inspiration because i knew if i tried to draw a track myself it was never going to feel completely realistic and i really mm. wanted to get that super realistic feel as, as well as realistic as you can get playing city skylines without too many assets <laughs> which is <laughs> <a red> <laughs> player. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, it, it it took an awful lot of uh, practice and trial and error with diff- trying different map uh, track layouts and and that sort of thing to get there. But yeah, I did get there. That that video took so just just the like finishing detail and touches of it took me an entire day working from nine a.m. till probably eleven p.m. midnight. <laughs> Um, just to do the detail and it was intense Um, and the build before that obviously took a long long time so it was it was a few days work just recording it let alone all of the time that it took to plan it before it and then again it was a long video so the edit was a bit of a monster as well Um, so there was a lot of time spent uh, doing that but I was so pleased when it took off actually because the the amount of effort I put into that was just Mm -hmm. huge it was really rewarding to see uh, it yeah it's really helped grow my channel I've got a lot of subscribers off that video and yeah at 109,000 I want to say um views which is absolutely massive for me so yeah really really thrilled by that one but it was it was so fun to put together I just my love of the sport I think came through in it and I did get Mm. a lot of comments saying that as well so yeah I think when you put two passions together it can make quite something kind of special kind of so I hope that's what that was (laughs) I definitely think so it was it was fun to watch it be built which I will say I am not <laughs> in the racing fandom. Uh, so it was outside of like a personal interest of mine. But I think that just in general, the way that you make your videos is so captivating and accessible. But it was so clear that this was really a passion project that you had put lots and lots of planning into. And to see it work was very cool. I was wondering mm. how you're going to do it and using bus lanes and then yeah. speeding them up. That was just a stroke of brilliance. Well, it's backfired on me now because I have got Formula One dr- cars uh, driving around my city acting with buses. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. bugged out somewhere along the line. <laughs> oh, no. That's just, you know, like the like the yacht that serves as a ferry. <laughs> Yeah, the it's just a quirk. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's lots of quirks in City Skylines. <laughs> yeah. So after all of that exposure, you really seem to have hit the big time recently. You were the featured creator for the Financial District walkthrough. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Paradox does this really cool thing where they go into the community to find people to do tutorials and Q&As and mod spotlights and all kinds of things. And most recently, Few was asked to be the tutorial person for the new Financial Districts DLC. And so I was just curious about how that came about and about the construction of that city, if you needed to be the one to construct it? Like, how, how did all of that work? Yeah, so it, <laughs> it was a massive, massive shock, I have to say, um, when I got offered that. But yeah, I had had the Formula One video out in July, and then later in August, actually, I had a Paradox representative contact me and ask if I wanted to be part of their early access for plazas and promenades at the time. Um, so that was kind of my first encounter with Par- Paradox, and I was very much like, are you sure? I'm a, I'm a tiny little channel, but I'll take it, I'll take it, please. Um, so, so yeah, I, I got early access on plazas and promenades, so managed to have a play with that and things before it came out, and that felt super, super special. And then further down the line, they actually asked me to be part of the beta test for financial districts. Um, so myself and a few other creators were had had basically a play on it and, and were asked to feedback on the game. So I had 
quite well, very early exposure to the to that DLC quite early on. Um, and then from that, they followed that up with, uh, would you would you like to do our official tutorials? And I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely couldn't believe it. When you look, when you look back on, on who's done it before, you know, it was City Planner Plays almost this time last year with the airports. So I was like, goodness, how am I, how am I being asked to do this? <laughs> but uh, I mean, somewhere along the line, they must have liked what I was doing. So, so yeah, they asked me. So the whole process was essentially I put the videos together myself. Um, so there's very strict guidelines, obviously, that come from Paradox in terms of the style that they want to see and how they mm. want it laid out and things like that. But it was up to me to create the city, put all the footage together to use to explain what I was talking about. Obviously, a, a lot of the what I was saying, I mean, I wrote the whole script myself, but a lot of what wow. I was saying has come from Paradox and um, from the dev diaries in particular. So that I got all my information straight, <laughs> um, wasn't giving <laughs> false information out. So yeah, that, that all came from Paradox. But I wrote the script, I put together the city, edited the videos. Um, yeah, I mean, essentially everything you see up there uh, was my work with with the help of them so it was it was quite a nerve-wracking process I'll be honest because I remember I remember submitting in my first draft for the two videos and I was like oh gosh they're going to come back with like a list of this is terrible pre-record this do that <laughs> and I remembered at the time actually I'd, I'd recorded them and I'd, I'd laid down the voice tracks straight away before I did any of the the city behind it because I felt that like I was getting a cold coming on and actually, a couple of days later, I almost completely lost my voice. So when I when I finally put the videos together and sent it off to them, I was just praying that they didn't come back with any vocal changes because it would be mm. me with a, trying to edit in a really croaky voice in over the top. So yeah, thankfully they didn't. So I got away with that. But yeah, it was actually it was a bit of a mad scramble because um, they asked me to do it, and I had I think I had about two weeks in order to turn it around. Um, so plenty of time, but obviously the city had to be vanilla which is not how I play on my channel or typically play City Skylines at all. Um, but thankfully, actually, I'd been playing a and slowly building up a vanilla city in the background just for fun. So I took that, but I was because I'm still, even if I'm playing vanilla, I'm still a slow detailer type. It was very, very small. It had about 3,000 population. So I had to suddenly, in the space of about two days, build this up to a massive city that could stand taking a stock exchange and a financial district so it didn't look too bizarre and strange um so oh, yeah that yeah. was a mad panic to get the city ready for that but i think it came together okay i hope the reception from it's been really lovely from people so yeah oh. I, I had a lot of fun doing it but it was scary as hell absolutely scary as hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> well then i have to ask now that you've had all this newfound success in this specific game what got you into it in the first place I think so. Before that, I'd played SimCity quite extensively, <laughs> the newer version of it. And obviously, I just, yeah, I love 2013. all the games. I th- yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people. <laughs> oh, uh, did I say? <laughs> I figured your answer was going to be SimCity, but I didn't realize there was controversy surrounding that. <laughs> I don't know about yes, controversy, yes. but it, it was, it was, it was, uh, it fell short of SimCity 4. <laughs> it did, say. it did. Okay, okay. Well, because alongside that as well, I'd obviously been playing, actually, I've been playing Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, I want to say, because that's the best one, the old school one. And then I suddenly found Planet Coaster, and I was like, okay, this is like serious upgrade on Roller Coaster Tycoon. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) Um, And then from that, I'd noticed an advert for City Skylines, and it kind of reminded me of what Planet Coaster was to Roller Coaster Tycoon, just such a massive upgrade. That's what it looked like versus SimCity to me. So I was like, immediately, Mm. I was like, I have to check this out. Um, And I have not played a single second of SimCity since I picked up City Skylines. (laughs) Never gone back to it. Never will. I mean, it's it's such a different, different league of games, I think, for this. And I just found it highly, highly addictive, to be honest, creating cities. I think right from the start, I was very obsessed with how it looked less so the functionality. So I've always had in the back of my mind that kind of detailing element, um, which is the part that I really still enjoy today. It's obviously come a long way <laughs> since, since my first attempts at some cities. But yeah, it, it was that kind of pizzazz, I guess you want to say, that it had over SimCity that really attracted to me it to me in the first place. And then, yeah, got it. I think it was about six months after it came out, I first noticed it. Oh, wow. Mm. You kind of got caught up in like the, I feel like there was like a sim game renaissance that happened around that time. A spiritual successor renaissance. Yeah. It like, 
every, all these old ones were like, we're not doing that anymore. And all these new ones came out with like the old teams. Everyone was like, yeah, these are the new, these are it. Yeah, the new shiny ones. And then Planet Zoo was not not long after, was it either? So, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 All my old favorite sim games transformed into these new worlds. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> so one of the aspects of keeping up with City Skylines that I find most interesting is kind of how they have simsified the expansion ecosystem where the base game did have a ton of stuff, but obviously they have added many different expansions. The two most recent ones that you mentioned were Plazas and Promenades, as well as the Financial Districts DLC that just came out, like, what was it, a week ago or so as of recording? Like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling about those new pieces of content and the way that they have grown the cities? Do you find this model to be something that you'd like to see more of moving forward? I know that there's a strong contingent of people that are on the City Skylines 2 train. Where where do you fall on that and how do you feel about how they're they're moving forward with the game? So, I mean, I think firstly to say, like, I'm just so amazed and impressed that they're still creating new content and as much new content as they are which they have done in the last the last year i mean we've had mm-hmm. three new dlcs in the last year which is mad as well as content creator packs i think for a seven-year-old game is quite astounding and that mm-hmm. makes me think city skylines 2 is still a way off yet <laughs> if they're putting yeah. that much effort still into this for me i don't see that as a problem like i think there's the fact that i play i think it's a different world on console um but the fact that i play on pc and we have the luxury of the workshop which basically tweaks it in almost any way you can think of really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's not a mod for something there will be in a couple of weeks time (laughs) it's pretty much what happens um on on that workshop it's really quite an incredible community and i think because of that i'm not so bothered about city skylines too and and wanting that to come out immediately i think i'm I'm super excited for whenever that does eventually happen i'm sure it's it must it must happen at some point and i'm super excited for that but i think for now like i'm totally happy with the game as it is because it's just so it's so playable. Like every t- every time you start a new city, <laughs> which you can do a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there's a different way to start it. Nothing's ever the same. Um, and then with the f- the luxury of having assets on the workshop to change things completely if you wanted to, I think it just makes it just an endless game. And I'm more than happy to keep playing it as it is. And I think the fact that they're releasing this new content is a massive, massive plus as well. But things like mm. plazas and promenades, what an amazing DLC that was. It really mm. added so much to the game that wasn't there. Um, to start off with just much much needed things and particularly actually when you think about the console players that's such a a massive improvement for the game when you're stuck with just what you've got and you don't have the workshop I can totally understand like the desire to have all of these DLCs I think for me like I'm I'm super grateful that they're coming out like I said Plaza and Promenade's a massive game changer and I'm excited to see what happens on the world tour next year as well Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Financial districts, I don't think it was that much of a game changer. It hasn't added that much in terms of gameplay at all. Like the stock market is kind of fun and quirky for about five minutes. And then so money's not really an issue in City Skylines. Even if you play on hard mode, it's it's very easy to come by. So it doesn't really add anything to the game from a gameplay point of view. But there's a lot of nice new assets in it. So for me, that's valuable just mm, by itself. Yeah. I like the introduction of the bank stuff just because it adds that realism factor like when they added post offices it's not you know changing the fundamentals of the game really but it's adding a layer of realism that i really appreciate and you know it's nice to be able to have a specific downtown section that is financial services based if you're trying to be realistic i I feel like that's a niche that definitely has deserved some some expansion uh even if it's not you know gonna revolutionize things Oh, absolutely. And I think the assets they've given us as well fit in so well with what we've already got, like fill fill a hole in terms of of Mm. what we've already got, I mean. So yeah, 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. Last thing I'll, I'll ask about in this kind of vein, they did something this time that I thought was really impressive and I think acknowledges the mod community being such a huge part of the game. And it seems like they gave early access to a lot of modders who have very large and important mods so that pre-patch, the mods were already up to date and and able to work with the, the new game code. And 
as far as I can tell, there really haven't been many major issues with people upgrading and the mods breaking as has been tradition in previous (laughs) DLCs (laughs) where your entire game is broken for like a week until all of the modders can put their mods back together. Yeah, I I think they've done so much better with the modders. They're really working really closely with them now, especially you can see when you load into the game, the the integration with compatibility report is now Mm -hmm. there front and center if you're using mods. Um, So I think the fact that they've done that is so valuable because yeah, when airports came out, gosh, it took... (laughs) <laughs> a, I mean, a, at least a week, if not longer, for all of those mods to be updated. It was it was madness. For financial districts as well, actually, it was because of the release at, when was it? Goodness, the middle of November? Mm, the Free Roads DLC thing. Yes, exactly. So when we had that come out, they had already got all of the information for the early access for financial districts as well. So they had a Mm. super long amount of time in order to um, adjust those mods and get them up to date. So it was ready to just hit upload, update essentially on the day and we were good to go. So, so thankful. I mean, the modders work so hard. I think they really need massive amounts of appreciation because they really turn this into, like the game it is for me at least, would not be there without the modders. And so, yeah, I think I think they need to be thrown a lot of appreciation. I think now Paradox obviously clearly understand that as well. There's a big, a big PC modded uh, City Skylines community. So they need to they need to make sure we're happy on updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so much smoother this time. So much smoother. Well, actually, the the mods was was another question that I had. I have never watched someone play a game where the mods were so important to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. How does that process like work? And especially if like, let's say maybe after this, I'm inspired to try it again. <laughs> what, what, what do I need? What should I be avoiding looking out for? Like, I, I just don't know. It's intimidating. In terms of picking your mods? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you it's do? A bit, it's a bit of a minefield, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, when, I, when I first picked up the game, I played vanilla on, on PC still, but I played vanilla for three years, probably at least, before I suddenly found mods. And the reason why I started looking at mods was Biffa, who's the biggest uh, YouTuber for City Skylines. And he always talked about Traffic Manager, for example, and just the fact that you could you know, turn on lane selection and dedicated turning lanes and just little tiny things like that. I thought, okay, that intrigued me. So I think that was actually the first mod I got. But it's very it's mm. very difficult to unpick because you go on the workshop and there's no like, here's the 10 mods you should have. Or as soon as you subscribe to one mod, there might be a dependency on another mod. So it's <laughs> it's a bit of a minefield. <laughs> I think the best thing you can do is look at, there's, there's tons of videos out there on YouTube and I should probably do one myself, actually, thinking about it. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's there's a lot of creators who've done, here's the 10 mods you need as a beginner and what functions they can give. So yeah, that can be useful. And then also obviously getting to grips with tutorials on those mods as well, because there's so much like, I mean, I still learn stuff about Move It even now when I use the Move It mod, which is, I think it's past a million subscribers, I believe, on the workshop. Massive, massive numbers. I use it all the time and there's still functionality on it that I no clue about that someone will say, oh, you know, you can do this. I'm like, what? Why didn't someone tell me that a year ago, <laughs> two years ago? But so, yeah, it, it's just a learning curve. It's it's. I guess it's thinking about more, what do you want to change in the game? How do you want to play? And what mods are important to that? And then doing mm, a bit okay. of research on that. Reddit's super useful for that kind of thing as well. And all of the various uh, creator Discord servers. Lots of help there. You also mentioned compatibility report, and I feel like that has gone a long way in simplifying everyone's lives. Because if you do download a ton of mods and then you open up the game and nothing's working, this mod, compatibility report, will tell you what you need to get rid of, what you need to subscribe to, to like make your current kit work, mm-hmm. or at least work better. Uh, and, and I think that that is really helpful, but... At the same time, you're definitely right. I don't think that there are very many people making videos of like, this is what you need to start with. And (laughs) this is what you need to learn in order to use this next thing. Like procedural objects, for instance, few, like it it scares me. And so I... (laughs) It scares me as well. That's why I've never picked it up. I see see how powerful it is, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know about this. It it literally is a mod where you can take any object in the game and, like, turn it into something else. Like, you can 
take a one by one building and turn it into a 10 by 10 building if you wanted to. Okay. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, it, it makes the possibilities endless, I suppose. Um, I think that's that's the reason why it's terrified me is because it takes me so long to build cities now. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> um, I, can never, I can never turn it into a viable business because I spend far too long on tiny little <laughs> nitty gritty stuff. And then if, I, if you add PO, procedure objects, into the equation, I'll be there for days. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the Dodgy Rocks episode with procedural yeah. objects. Exactly, exactly. It's it's not viable for me. But it, yeah, it's an incredible mod. It, it, it turns it into a whole different game, though. I think it, that's the trouble with it, is, and that's really the reason why I've stayed away from it, is because you end up turning so much stuff into props that it becomes an unfunctional city. And of course, it ruins your frame rate, which mm. City Skylines likes to eat <laughs> quite dramatically. So I've got a pretty good graphics card and I'm struggling slightly with Oridon at the moment. So, <laughs> Yeah, how much memory do you have? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I've got 64 gigs of RAM and Oridon, the last time I loaded it, was took over 40 gigs. So any, any kind of regular PC gamer is not unfortunately going to be able to download that from the workshop and get it working. <laughs> Good to yeah. know. Can't a, go with factory one. specs here on this one. You know? no. <laughs> no. My goodness. No. <laughs> so I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk more about you and, and the community that you're building. One of the things that I really admire about how you have constructed content creation for yourself is that even what a lot of other people would consider to be regular content, like your streams, you will postpone them. You will cancel them. You will move them according to your needs. And I feel like that is somewhat rare. I think we hear a lot of content creators who bow to the pressure of the algorithm and you know, really try to adhere to a specific schedule, a specific length of time that they're engaging so that they can hit metrics. And it seems like you really prioritize yourself and your family or F1, for instance. (laughs) And I'm just curious how much of that is intentional and what kind of lessons you've learned as you've grown in popularity and maybe are feeling pressure a little bit more to to be quote unquote consistent I mean it's it's such a good question I think there's an awful lot of pressure to be consistent and I think unfortunately consistency does win out in the end there's there's a lot of smaller cities channels that I've seen pop up over the last couple of years that you know, haven't been consistent in that or have stopped. And then a couple of months later, tried to come back and it's so difficult. It's so difficult. So I think, you know, having seen that as well myself, I feel a lot of pressure to keep that consistency up. So so what I try and tell myself is at the beginning, I, I really didn't listen to it and I, it was too much. So when I first started the YouTube channel, obviously I saw it unbelievably take off in the first week. So I kind of said to myself, right, I need to get two videos at least a week. And then I was was still streaming on Twitch at the time as well, um, a couple of times a week, which gradually filtered off. um, And I'm no longer doing that because I just simply don't have the time to balance both. Um, And to manage two communities like that would just be silly Mm. really with everything else I have going on in my life so yeah I decided to focus on YouTube and it was very much like two videos a week hopefully a stream a week as well and that's what I did for the first couple of months and it was literally a case because I have a full-time job I have two children as well outside of that so it was a case of I literally did not have a single bit of downtime you know my downtime was recording and editing videos (laughs) you know that that's just what it was because my videos are not quick to to build um and my editing skills were certainly <laughs> not very good in the beginning so it took me an awful long time which thankfully I mean I've, I've I've more than half the amount of time it takes me to edit videos now just through the experience of it but mm-hmm. in terms of the consistency yeah I, I've never said on my channel I'm going to release videos on this day of the week or I'm going to mm-hmm. stream every every week on Sunday like I've never out loud said that so I've never had that commitment behind me and I think it took me a few months to realize that yeah look this is exciting and it's growing but at the end of the day right now this is a hobby for me which is really like uh, unbelievably helping to make make a bit more more money on the side of my of my main job but that's it at the moment you know until it gets to a point where I could viably say okay this this could be a source of income well my main source of income I can't give up on everything else. Uh, you know, I can't give up on 
on my regular job. And so it still, it needs to remain a hobby for me. So I can't let it impede on my mental well-being um, or stress levels or anything like that. So yeah, the first couple of months I really hammered out that content. I kind of had to sit back and just go, look, this, I, I need time for me. <laughs> I need time to just do do what I like to do away from, from work or, or creating videos, doing things for other people, essentially. I needed a bit of me time. So from that point, I kind of said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself to one video a week because that is manageable. Mm. And I, I can do that without the stress. And so I think pretty much since that point, I think there's only one week where I haven't released a video at all. And that was where I was just, I was on holiday with my kids. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to do anything then. And unfortunately, I hadn't had the time to pre-record before it. Otherwise, I probably would have done. But I've really, I've kept myself to that consistency. But in terms of streams, that's the bit that I will happily let slip if it needs to. Because again, like I said, I've never promised anything to my community. And I think that that's an important thing to, to take note of. You know, don't over-promise things which are going to stress you out because it's just not worth it at the end of the day this is something I do for fun um that I enjoy that hopefully maybe one day will grow big enough that it can become a, a, a dream come true for me but yeah it might mean it is a dream come true for me right now <laughs> but it's still at the end of the day I have to see it as what it is which is 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 fun and is a hobby for me so yeah, I think I think it's really crucial to kind of have that mindset and not not start up a YouTube channel with the expectations that this is this is work, this is going to be it because it's going to take a grind. You know, people are exceptionally lucky to get to a point where they can say that that's their full time income after a short amount of time. You know, most people it takes years and years before they can get to that stage. So I think you've got to be realistic about it, and you can't let it ruin everything else in your life or your mental health in order to get there because it's just not worth it and you won't enjoy it at the end as well like I want to be enjoying this this is I, I started this because gaming is my passion it's my hobby and I always want that to be the way I don't want to be resentful of you know having to play a game to put out some content you know that's just not the way it should be <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and I think most of the community are understanding <laughs> Oh yeah. I, if anything, it's a positive for me. I, I love that you do that. <laughs> I, we're in, we can relate. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I barely consider myself a content creator. Like I, I really don't consider myself a content creator and we do this podcast uh, for fun. Like at first it yeah. was really just like a relationship project. <laughs> <laughs> well that's just it that's just it yeah you know I think I think people as well on the the viewing kind of end of it have to understand that content creators are people <laughs> they've got lives they've got things going on it's you know it's not a machine that just can churn out content for people whenever they want it so yeah just waiting on a Kotaku check or something someone just give us money to make this <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask how has been the sort of like creating and managing the community or your community aspect of it? I think for me, especially when we first got started, was not something that I had front of mind. It was just like making the thing. Mm. And then like people started to interact with it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like a whole other part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Curious what that was like for you. I mean, it took me by surprise. Yeah, it massively took me by surprise. I mean, when I started the channel, my goal, which I thought was ambitious, was 500 subscribers in a year. And at 500 subscribers, you know, the thought of a Discord channel or a community really isn't in your mind. You know, that's still a, a tiny, tiny channel in the, in the grand scheme of things. So it just, mm -hmm. it never crossed my mind when I first started it, that that's where it would end up. Um, I released the first video on the 26th of December. And then I think I created Discord in the middle of March. So it really wasn't, <laughs> that oh yeah, the time afterwards. Yeah. But um at that point I had I had seven and a half thousand subscribers. I had had numerous messages saying, Do you have a Discord? Can we create a Discord? That sort of thing. So I just kind of succumbed to the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I just, thought, I just thought, hey, you know, people are asking for it. Let's set it up. I've, I've been around on Discord for a bit. I know kind of roughly how it's meant to operate. Oh, you were like, like new to Discord too? Oh, oh, no, no, wow. no. <laughs> no, I have, I have been around on other people's okay. Discords for a bit. Got it. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of generally, <laughs> yeah, if I was brand new to Discord and saying, oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I created a very basic page, put it out there to the community and kind of just went from there really it was it was hard at the beginning because I definitely even when I'd set it up I really hadn't considered I just thought okay I'm setting up this discord server people can chat in here I'll chat to them great you know 
that's all lovely. But I really didn't think about actually the fact that people aren't just going to come in there and chat if you're not in there. Like I actually have to spend time on the Discord speaking to people, getting to know the community, have the community know me, sharing things. I think that's the biggest thing about about Discord is sharing. Like, you know, mm. everyone's joined there by this love of city skylines. So let's share, let's share ideas, let's share inspiration. And it kind of, it, it slowly developed over that. But I'd say it's only really in the last month where it's really kind of taken off and we're building such a lovely community. Like there's the same group of people that you'll see in their day in, day out, just chatting about daily life. You know, it's it's turned from what was very, very focused on sharing cities' information and inspiration into actually what seems to be becoming quite a nice group of friends, which I just absolutely love to see. And I don't know how I've managed that. I think I've got I think I've got some exceptionally good mods. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are really extra friendly and have, have brought people in for me because I'm, I'm I'm terrible at that sort of thing. I think managing a Discord is 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 is, is not my forte <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's taken it's taken a few months, but I feel like it's really starting to get momentum now and it's building a lovely community. Um, so I'm very happy to have it, and I I love I love getting ideas from from the community as well. So actually, for me, it's gone mm. from something that I thought, oh, I'm not sure if I'd like the responsibility of that too actually, I really love this. I really love this. Getting to know people. And, and and I think it really helps building that community, especially when you stream as well. People start to get to know you there and then you can kind of follow that through onto the Discord and mm-hmm. it all kind of comes together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's my favorite part about what you've done and about the Oridin build. It feels like we built it. I didn't have anything yeah. to do with it, actually. <laughs> but... It- <laughs> But I feel like I did. I feel feel like I helped you make decisions and participating in the polls on what to name things and naming things after community members. And all of that has just really built this cohesion that I think, you know, this is not a criticism of other City Skylines channels because I watch other people as well, but it's very much me observing them do their thing. And I Mm -hmm. think you have really made this collective effort and the hybrid model of doing an episode where it is just taking feedback and, and you know, you are recording your own voice and not really interacting with other folks other than what has happened in between recordings. And then the live stream, which is a, a bonanza of interaction, especially the last <laughs> one that was so oh, special. <laughs> crazy, crazy that was. <laughs> I just, I think that that is a testament to why your success is is growing in this way and, and the Discord is growing just because it's it's a reflection of, of how you've built from the ground up the city and the community and all of these things. And so I'm just so honored that you decided to spend some time with us today and talk about your journey. <laughs> I'm honored you'd want to spend time with me. I still, like, like I said at the beginning, I still don't really see myself as a content creator. So I'm always super surprised when I get um, <laughs> get these things through. So now I'm honored. And that's lovely to hear about the community because I think that's that's one thing I really try really hard to do is I, I read every comment, every comment that comes through. Even if I don't respond, which I don't always have time to respond to every single one, I do read them all. Um, and there's so much in that city that would never have happened without ideas from viewers. I think that's the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. if you bring a whole community of people together, the inspiration that's going to form from that is going to be much greater than what I'm going to sit and think about in my tiny office at home. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that, that's the biggest part of it that I love is, is hearing ideas from other people and, and thinking about how we can incorporate it. So I'm, I'm glad, like, I want people to think it's their city as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one last question, especially since I, you know, it's like, you know, the end of the year, I'm not going to call it a New Year's resolution, but... <laughs> What are you most looking forward to in relation to city skylines, in content creation, whatever, for 2023? Starting a new city? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we're all looking forward to? (laughs) That's a perfect Um, answer. I think I think in the world of city skylines, I'm super excited to see what Paradox have going on got going on with this world tour. Because I've literally, absolutely, I've got no insider knowledge. I genuinely don't know what to expect from that. But the fact that it's got elephants on it, I'm thinking Safari Pack, yes, please bring that to us. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think really from content creation wise, 
Oridan is going to come to an end at some point in 2023, which is going to be quite emotional for me because I'm very attached to that city and I'm very concerned mm. that I'm not going to be able to beat that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, starting a new city, that's everyone's favourite thing to do. And I'm super pumped and excited to get going on that as well. Like I said, I've already got the map, so it's going to be... I think I've definitely got a couple more months in Oridan yet, so it'll be a couple of months of planning that as well. So hopefully it'll be a, a banger of a start, but we'll see. <laughs> well, it's definitely going to be bittersweet. We'll definitely be be sad to see Oridan go, but so excited for a new venture and all the types of creativity that will be uncovered from a, a new map and a new style. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And thank you again. I'm so excited that you were here, that you had such an incredible year, that you've ignited the love of City Skylines for so many people. And uh, I, I wish you all the best in your 2023 endeavors. Oh, thank you so much. I, I've had an absolute blast coming on this with you. So thank you. And yeah, I hope you have a prosperous 2023 as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Anything other than the obvious that you want to shout out? Of course, we'll put all of the links to your content in the show notes. Um, no, just, yeah, just YouTube. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I <laughs> love that. I love that. Like, here are my five TikToks for each specific. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I've never used TikTok. <laughs> Oh, good for you. Don't, don't. Yeah, don't stay away. Stay away. Um, I, have got, I have got a few candy TikTok account, though, just because I wanted to reserve the name in case I needed it. <laughs> but no, that's it. Um, no, ju- no, just YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got Twitter and Instagram as well, but I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really too fussed about that. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciated uh, having you here. And uh, we'll, we'll keep our listeners updated on what's going on with you in the future. Oh, thank Oh, she's so lovely. She really was. It was, we had a great time. Thank you so much for listening. We are so appreciative of all of your support. That is going to be our last episode for 2022, but we will be back here soon to talk about our games of the year in January. That's right. We hope that you enjoy the holiday season, and we especially hope that our patrons enjoy the holiday season. Yes, Abner, Emma, Enya, Aime, Shuli, Nerdy, Cody, Mike, and Alex. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. And I think that that's, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's the show. Mm. I missed that. Yeah, a little bit. Well, anyway, happy holidays. Deuces. Bye. Totally forgot. You mentioned at the top, you want us to call you Few, Few C, and then you don't like Few Candy, the full name. I would love to to hear about that. (laughs) So Few Candy came about when I was, oh, goodness, early 20s. I first got an Xbox and I was setting up a a username for that. And I did a random generator and said I was going to take the first name it gave me. It gave me Few Candy. Wow. (laughs) Somehow it stuck from then, but I really... I, I don't know why. I think it makes me sound like a stripper. <laughs> so, so hence, I just like, few or few C's, fine. <laughs> okay, okay. It's going to be a gift in the Discord when people listen to that and yeah. <laughs> inevitably make memes. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a funny story to tell. No one ever asks me either, so, yeah. It's good. <laughs>